a production of WordSouth, a content marketing company. Story Connect, the podcast, helping communicators discover ideas to shape their stories and connect with their customers. And thank you for listening today. I'm your host, Stephen Smith, and I'm here at the PR and Marketing Conference in Charleston, South Carolina, hosted by NTCA, the Rural Broadband Association. I'm excited to have as my guest today, Mr. Eric Kramer. He's the CEO of Wilkes Communications and River Street Networks in North Carolina. Now, Eric, you're one of the few CEOs here, but you're starting to see more and more CEOs getting involved in marketing uh, to a greater degree. Uh, Why do you think that's important? Well, you know, I've been in the industry for 20 years. I was a consultant for eight. When I first came to our company, I think what we had down was the network. Uh, The marketing and sales side of it wasn't necessarily uh, a priority, and it's really a passion of mine. So um, if you build it, they're not necessarily going to come. I I think that uh, I really enjoy the challenge of competing with larger carriers, um, you know, promoting our network, putting ourselves out there, being a community partner. I love marketing in general, pricing, the entire thing. And so um, we've made a commitment to it. We used to have one person doing it. Now we have um, five people doing it. I mean, we have 86 employees. Uh, we just built a uh, full-functioning 2,500-square-foot uh, um, studio. Uh, we want to bring all of our marketing in-house. A lot of it's going to be video. Um, no one can tell our story better than us. And so I believe in putting the people behind it, um, the time behind it, and you have to have a serious commitment because we are in a competitive world. Um, and if, if, if you're not there, uh, I think it, it just makes things a lot harder. But for me, uh, it's a way to um, come down with my team, talk about our plans for the year, uh, get, get some great ideas, network. Um, you know, not not everybody's engaged in it as I am, but I, I think it's a great idea. I've seen, this is my, I think my third time here, I, I've seen more, you know, the attendance has gone up, great topics, great speakers, uh, great ideas. I mean, some of the best ideas you get are from other people that are out there making it work, right? And it's just a good time to get away with the team and, and go over some things, right? And so that's why I see it. Um, it's, I think it's time well spent. It's one of the better conferences NTCA has. So. Well, this is traditionally certainly uh, has been a uh, technology and a network-driven industry. And uh, we're seeing more and more it become a, a marketing-driven industry. Are, are you seeing that across the board? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, you we're competing with um, four or five, well, it's multi- wireless. Anyone that's in the communication and entertainment business, we're competing with. And so you're getting Googles in there. It, it, our customers see things from co- co- you know, AT&T and Verizon ads and wireless, they're seeing it from all over, even if they're not in our network. So the expectation's there. So we have to basically say we spent a lot of money in building a state-of-the-art network, great service, great people. We have to promote that. we got to tell our story. So we, I, any chance we get, we try to, you know, put ourselves out there and say this is what we have going on. You know, we used to we used to just be sort of, well, behind behind the scenes. I remember when I first, uh, 10 years ago, when I came to Wilkes, it was kind of sit back. We just kind of, you know, you know, sit on the sidelines. You know, you have to scream from the rooftops what you got going on and what you're doing. And not just to the outside world. You really, it's internal marketing as well. You really have to market to your employees, your board, um, to get them to understand what's going on. And then really your community, your core core market. And for us, we're trying to we're trying to really build a regional brand, and we're we're expanding into other areas that, you know, we've had a brand in Wilkes for 60 years. When you go someplace and you're the fifth player, 
it takes a lot of effort and work to create a new brand. And so how you do that, um, you, know, you better be committed. And so by coming to something like this, it's a great opportunity to, to see, hear some success stories. So. Uh, you touched on this. Uh, the internal market is sometimes even more important than the external yeah. because all those employees that you have can be a mouthpiece for you in the community. Yeah. What are some of the things you've done in the last you know, five years that you've talked about to try to engage those employees? Um, we share a lot of information. So we have quarterly meetings, um, trying to push down uh, company-wide goals, company-wide metrics, uh, sharing the financial status of the company, uh, talking about the challenges in the industry. Uh, you, they have to be aware of what's at stake. Um, it's more than just coming and um, working a job. This has to be a career. Uh, we've had, um, over the last 10 years, I'd say at least half the company retire. Um, you know, it really, we really push accountability. So we sort of, you know, cleaned out some some of the bad players, and we have a really good group. A lot of them weren't even in the industry. And, and so they're really – they don't know the business – so we have to educate them on what we're doing, why we're doing it. Um, the only thing that's growing in the dark are mushrooms, right? So, and mushrooms don't work very well in our industry. So I, I think when you empower people with knowledge and you get them passionate about what you're doing and why you're doing it, I think it actually become more engaged. And so we're trying to create a culture of engagement, awareness, accountability, because um, we're, we've got some lofty goals and you can't do that unless people are with you. And so not just the management team, but everybody. And so that stuff gets pushed down. And, you know, and then you get two-way communication, great ideas. A lot of them come bottom up, you know. And so uh, I, I think when people feel like they're a part of the team, uh, that helps. Um, we have a lot of technicians that I don't see them for weeks at a time. They're home dispatched. Um, just try to make sure they're aware of what's going on. Um, we just went through another a reorg to try to become sales-focused organization. You know, we have four main facets of our company. We have sales and marketing. We have network operations, network engineering, and then accounting and finance. So a large focus of um, our efforts going forward are really becoming a sales-driven organization, um, anyone who touches a customer, um, any point of contact. So we're committed to it. Um, it's not something that happens overnight. This has been a 10-year process, and we are by far not perfect. We are constantly trying to improve, but I think, you know, a little bit, Every day, every week, every month, every year, you turn around, look back, and say, wow, we've come a long way, right? Um, and it's a challenge. It's a struggle. We have a union, which makes it even harder. Um, but uh, those guys do a good job, you know. But it's all about information, sharing information. You have to measure. You have to measure stuff. We measure everything, um, every single thing. And sometimes you're like, well, that's a little crazy. But you can't know what you're doing what to improve on unless you measure it. And so that's, that's the thing is setting goals, making sure people are aware of what they are and why. I'd like to switch gears a little bit now and talk about the power of partnerships. Wilkes Communications has accomplished some impressive things by partnering with some anchor institutions in your service areas and some other entities. Give us some background on that. Well, when you when you, you look at rural counties, uh, you know, North Carolina, there's 80 rural counties. And, and what you usually see typically, not just in North Carolina, but across the country, uh, the biggest things going on are the school system, the local hospital, if you're lucky enough to has, have one, and ours is actually larger than most. Um, then you've got, we have an EDC, um, you know, a community college, we're lucky to have a community college as well. So these are sort of the backbone of the community, these anchor institutions. Um, you know, you, you also have libraries and things like that. But we all work together with, we have two towns. So we have two mayors, two towns, uh, the county, the county commissioners. Uh, we have private industry working together to try to say, how can we work 
um, together to try to change all these things at the same time instead of, you know, trying to do one-offs. So what's neat about our community and our county is that we're all sitting at the table working how to do this. So um, I look at our broadband network as infrastructure. And that's the way our, our, you know, the powers of being our community see it. So it's like roads, bridges, those types of things. It's almost a basic necessity. So luckily in Wilkes, we have it, we've built it. Now we're looking at other counties to do the exact same thing, kind of take this model and, and move into these other places that need it with counties that are willing partners to say, hey, I've seen what you guys are doing in Wilkes. How can we bring that here? And so that's where we're trying to go to next. We've done it there. There's other opportunities. There's places that just have to have it. Um, you know, there's a huge influx of, I mean, outflux of people leaving rural areas, not just for jobs, but people can't even move there if you don't have broadband. I wouldn't move somewhere if they don't have broadband. I mean, my wife works from home. She can't, she couldn't work. I mean, it's just, it's almost a basic necessity for all intents and purposes. It's, it's a, you know, economic development driver, jobs driver, small businesses, education um, is critical. So if you don't have it, you're basically um, behind the curve. You're almost falling off the map. Now, is uh, River Street Networks your CLEC? Uh, yes. Yes. So uh, our brand in Wilkes is Wilkes Communications. Um, we've recently acquired three ILEX, um, one on the eastern, two on the eastern, one on the eastern side of the state, two on the, uh, the western side of the state. So we created a new brand in these areas called River Street Networks. Um, and then we are actively building several greenfield projects uh, in some counties that are not adjoining to ours. The one was a public-private partnership uh, where that county came to us looking for broadband. They wanted to they really were looking to start a co-op. And we said, well, you can't really start a, a co-op, but we, we are a co-op and we, we, we can sort of help help you. So we looked at the, looked at the area, the demographics, uh, we did a, a build, we did a study and uh, told them how much it would cost. Um, and we got all the stakeholders in the room, um, their county commissioners, uh, our senator was active in it, our, our, our state representative, they were, they were at the table. Um, we put a plan together, um, they put out an RFP uh, for grants they're funding uh, 20% of the network. So we've already spent $2.5 million on it. We've uh, got the county government signed up. There's a lot of buzz going on. So we, we really branded as, you know, River Street Networks, your community broadband network. And they've got uh, all the stakeholders involved, you know, DOT, the hell is right-of-ways. Um, so we're building a network that, it, it may, it's still going to be a challenge, but it's a game changer for them. I mean, they're, just, they're pretty excited about it. And, you know, these, are, these networks, they're not three, four-year returns, right? These are 10, 20-year networks. But no one else is going there. I mean, no one else even bid on that RFP. So if we pick up the school system, the local hospital, um, we, we pass enough people, we only edge out where there's a certain take rate, um, you know, we think it can be successful over a long period of time. And so we're actively looking for opportunities like that all across the state. Do you see more of those type partnerships uh, happening now? Or do, how important do you feel like they are in the rural telecommunications industry in general? Well, I think that the only... Um, the only entities that really have a desire to build in rural America are those that have been doing it. Uh, and it, I'll take North Carolina's example. A lot of these rural counties have just been left behind. CenturyLink has basically picked up shop. They're not investing. Um, you know, if there's a cable competitor there, they're only where the density is. And so there's these people on the fringes that are just left behind. Okay, um, none of the large price cap carriers in North Carolina are investing anything in rural areas. So you have these municipalities that are starting to, they're hearing it, you know, they're getting, you know, people are knocking doors saying, we need broadband, we need it now. And so I think the wherewithal that is there to say, if there's a provider uh, and they want to have, they want to build a network, 
They want to be a partner, and that's the kind of partner we're looking for. Do you want to invest in the network and own it, and we can lease it, and we can operate it for you? We can take that off your hands. Um, we can help you engineer it, design it, the whole nine yards. You can own it. You can give us a right to use. Um, and, you know, We'll be your partner. So that's what we're looking for is willing partners. I think that same opportunity is out there for the whole membership in these areas where you have a county government that you know, they have to have the cash. They, they have to have the means. But, I mean, we're, we're more than willing to take that on. I mean, really. And so we've been setting the stage for the last several years, just getting ourselves ready to be able to take on that scale. And we need the scale. Uh, there's a lot of changes in the industry, um, a lot of reform changes. Uh, this is a slow five-year transition, but before you know it, it'll be here. And so we've been working for the last five years, and the National Broadband uh, Plan came out. The writing's been on the wall that things are going to change. So we've been working on trying to become way more efficient about how we operate, um, how we hire people, our benefit structure, um, just efficiencies in general. And so with that in mind, we've got to a point where we can hire people, enough people to do this and scale up real fast, right, to operate these networks. Um, open retail stores, which you normally wouldn't see. Well, we can do all the tech support in-house. We can host it in Wilkes. All we need is technicians out there. I mean, it's, it's a good model. So we think it can really take off. And this can be replicated all across the country. I mean, anywhere. It can be an edge house strategy. You can put it wherever you have access to a backbone network. In North Carolina, we're lucky enough to have a statewide network. So if that network runs through a county, and we're close enough, the whole, the whole state's connected. So it makes it easy. Where it's tough is where you have to build, um, you know, 10, 15, 20 miles to get to that network. But otherwise, you can basically light up anything anywhere. So it's, it's a good place to be. I mean, it's a scary time in the industry, but I think there's a lot of opportunity. And, you know, it takes, um, it takes a lot of planning. It takes, you know, you have to understand the financial aspects of it, the engineering. Uh, it's a long-term commitment. There's some risk, right? Um, but nothing comes easy. There's a lot, a lot of risky things. It's just doing it smart. What would you say to uh, a fellow CEO who's considering looking at this opportunity, he sees something may work, and he wants to go to his board of directors and float this idea by them and uh, really think that there's some potential in his service area? Well, it's not something to take lightly. I think you really have to put um, some planning. You have to have a commitment from your board. I'm lucky. It, 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 our co-op board, um, you know, they were they they had they took the risk to do that acquisition. I think that opened their minds to say, we it, it, we're not the first ones to do it. A lot of companies have done it. It's just you know, anytime you do that, it's a calculated risk. Um, but that opened sort of their eyes to say, we can if we can do this, we can do this anywhere. We've done it in Wilkes. Um, you know, we're going to overbuild those properties too to get scale. Um, they they're willing to go there. So I think if, after you have proven yourself in your core market. Uh, and and you, you have a good system and a good plan in place and good people. You really have to have good people. We're lucky enough to have that. Um, you know, it takes some convincing. Um, and you have to have a board that's very open-minded. Uh, it, it took a while for mine to get there. But, you know, you have to build trust. And um, I'd pick the right one the first time. You know, that would be my recommendations. Start small. Pick the right one. Um, you know, in retrospect, you know, these, some of these counties are willing to give up a lot more than we had expected. So some opportunities we're looking for now, they're funding a large part of the network. In fact, I don't, would not really want to build another network and own it. I'd rather help someone else build theirs and operate it for them is really what we're looking to do. And so I think that these municipalities, um, they're starting to really think about it and looking at it as a viable solution um, to solve a problem that they have. We're there to help. That's kind of where we're at. We're good. Uh, Eric, in closing, um, we're... Where does uh, Wilkes Communications and River Street 
networks need to be 10 years from now for you to feel like you've really brought it along to where you'd like it? Well, I said I said five years ago we have to double the size of the company, and now I think we have to triple the size of it. Um, and this is just to maintain our goal is obviously our membership. Uh, you know, and really all this stuff we're doing, the goal eventually is to fold this into the co-op. And so what I'd like to really um, see happen in ten years is that we have expanded our cooperative, um, either as non-voting members or changed, evolved our our telephone membership corporation into a broadband membership corporation. And I'd like to see it spread across as much of the state as possible. Um, really, a, a statewide cooperative is what I'd like to see. I b- truly believe in the cooperative model. I think it works. I think it's the best model for rural America. Uh, I think that um, we've been very responsible about the money that we've received. We invest in our network. We know how to build networks. We know how to serve rural customers. It's, it's a hard thing to do. Um, it's a hard thing to do without support. And so. I think we can we can make it if we do it right and we don't get too far ahead of ourselves. So I think in 10 years, I mean, the, the, it's wide open. You know, the world is, is our oyster if we just do it right. That's how I look at it. I just want to grow. I love challenges. I love to see our company grow. I like to challenge our people. Um, and I really am very passionate about serving the unserved. That's really our mission. So our, our corporate mission is providing excellence in customer service and providing value to the lives of our customers. Um, but really, our overall mission at the end of the day is serving the unserved. Okay. Is there anything else that uh, you'd like to touch on in the interview? We have to grow. We have to find ways to subsidize ourselves, so to speak. We have to get scale. Um, I think the FCC is pushing that on us. And so, you know, we've been working on it for five years. We're just going to keep our foot on the gas and, and keep on going. So thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Excellent. Thank you for joining us. And my guest has been Mr. Eric Kramer, CEO of Wilkes Communications and River Street Networks in North Carolina. And you've been listening to Story Connect, the podcast. I'm Stephen Smith, inviting you to go to storyconnect.com slash podcast to see a complete list of all of our episodes. And you can also subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher. Thank you for joining us. And until we talk again, keep telling your story. You've been listening to Story Connect, the podcast, a production of Word South, a content marketing company.